For over 20 years, we've had the promise of a paperless office, of a cashless society. With all of the technology that's going on, I still have piles of paper and cash in my pocket. We have smartphones. We have smart watches. We have blockchain, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and quantum computing. And now we hear of a promise of friction-free payments coming to Canada. This is ambitious, and I might be a little skeptical. So we're going to spend some time on this pay podcast exploring the friction-free payment society. Hi, I'm Justin Farabee. I'm the Chief Operating Officer of Payments Canada. And I'll be your guide to the PayPod podcast, a multi-episode series of everything to do with Canada's ambitious payments modernization mission with a special focus on the parts most relevant to the country's business community. And even though the PayPod is business-to-business focused, there will be a ton of applications discussed that will fill any consumer with deep anticipation. Why? Because genuinely friction-free, virtually instantaneous payments that are more secure than anything we have today is within our reach. Joining me on this expedition is Jan Pilbauer, Chief Information Officer, Head of and Executive Director of Modernization at Payments Canada, and one of my colleagues. Excellent to have you with us on the PayPod. Thank you for having me. You know, uh, I love to talk about my favorite topic, payments. Imagine the future when it's not going to take days to reconcile payments. It's going to happen within minutes. This is a great opportunity which is ahead of us, not only from the business perspective, but also for all Canadians as consumers. Because the way how we experience payments is going to change. Also, in about 10 minutes, we'll be speaking with our featured guest on this episode, Lauren Fleming, a financial services advisor from Ernst & Young. E&Y just completed a study for Payments Canada that, among other insights, quantified that the manual matching of payments to invoices costs businesses, small, medium, and large, billions of dollars a year. Okay, we're going to start broad and then gradually get into the nitty-gritty over the course of the series. So let's first set the stage on what a payments ecosystem is in the first place and why it's due to be modernized. All right, Jan, you've heard about and we've talked about friction-free, the promise, the prize at the end of all of this work that you're doing. Can you give us a little before and after, like how are things now working and then how will they work once you're finished doing all the work that you're doing? Sure. Um, I talked about pain points and you can call them friction, but when it comes to payments, we have, uh, today we have a lot of friction and we don't sometimes even see it. And it can be a small thing like, uh, why, you know, the cashier is asking you, are you going to pay debit or credit before you use your card? You know, the system should recognize it and it doesn't matter. It goes to level where businesses, have hard time reconciling what uh, their customers are paying them for because simply the data is not coming through with a payment. And if a customer decides to pay, you know, two invoices in a one payment, good luck because you need to chase things down and it takes time. All of that is friction and sometimes we don't feel it anymore, but when we introduce all the modernized systems we have uh, we have planned for, uh a lot of this friction will be removed. So uh, payments will be going with data um, and uh, payment ideally will disappear because you know you are not paying for the sake of paying. What you are trying to do is to close a commercial transaction or do an activity in your life and kind of not experiencing the payment, that's what I call a friction-free, that you don't know you paid, but it happened. 
Is that like the self-driving car? I don't have my hands on the steering wheel. Is it going to be safe? I don't put my pin in. What if somebody takes it? What if I'm walking around and someone else replaces, takes the money from me? Safety and soundness is the key guiding principle we have on our journey. Uh, it's something we, uh, you always have to work hard to keep up with the changing uh, landscape when it comes to security. The society is changing, the cyber threats are everywhere. So part of the modernization is to harden and protect the way how, how we pay. So uh, we expect that the level of security will continue increasing. So uh, the clients are protected. Will that also get rid of the, I get a check from somebody, I've got to take it down to the bank, I've got to put it in the bank, they hold it for five days, and then I've got to try and manage my cash flow for all that, will all that go away? So checks uh, are not the most uh, efficient payment method. Uh, however, we don't currently have proper alternative for some of the use cases. Uh, I mentioned, you know, payments are not traveling with data. So for some of the use cases, especially commercial use cases, it's still much easier to write a check, put put there a note what the check is for, and staple it with some information or an invoice. So as we embark on modernization, the the standard we call ISO 20022, which basically ensures that payments are traveling with data, will create an important alternative to checks. And uh, that's another friction which will be removed and we will move to a more electronic straight-through processing and we will remove the friction of handling paper or even you know, taking a picture of a paper, making it, uh, making an electronic payment. All these things um, we have, again, accepted as society will go away and we will have better choices. That sounds so perfectly reasonable. Why aren't we there now? It's a journey, right? Payments have been happening uh, for a very long time and we are not starting on a green field. So there is some legacy environment we have to uh, consider and evolve. The other aspect is while, you know, significant portion of our society is uh, getting digital and very comfortable with technology. We cannot cut anybody out of access to financial services. In this country, there are still some uh, Canadians who are not so comfortable with technology and they prefer to use something they have been using for a long time and check uh, checks and other methods uh, are part of it. So we have to be careful how we navigate because we don't want to cut anybody out and we want to offer a broad set of choices and people can choose an instrument based on what they are trying to achieve uh, and what they feel comfortable with. Clearly, you've got a vision for where we're going. It's for the greater good in terms of all of Canadian society and all Canadians, businesses and, and people alike and consumers alike. Is this just you? Is it a small cadre of people who are trying to change the system or is the system ready to be changed? Is it time for this or are you just starting a process hoping it works? So we started the process as Payments Canada a few years back. And back then, it was actually a few people who had a vision. And we knew what we wanted to do. We are driven as a public purpose organization, not for profit. We are driven to do the best for Canada and Canadians. So it started as a small group of people. But as we embarked on something, we define a vision and we talk to you know users of payments, what they expect over the next coming, uh, coming years, uh, it became larger, bigger, and uh, we got a lot of excitement. And uh, not only from payments uh, processors and enthusiasts, but also from governments, large financial institutions, fintech players. So I think now it's actually a large movement. We anticipate that uh, 
we are now moving into execution, there will be actually thousands of people across the financial uh, ecosystem working on modernization. So now it's definitely more than me, but it started as a as a vision of Payments Canada. And that's something uh, which is still driving us and the anchor we are using. So you had the vision, you got the people around it, you got the idea, you got it out. Now there's the investment, you've got organizations getting behind it. What What are you worried about in terms of it succeeding, do you have any concerns or are we past the tipping point now and it's it's underway, it's just a matter of when? So it's a large uh, program which will take many years. Um, we intentionally structured uh, the program in a way that we deliver something to the market uh, every year. Because there's nothing worse than, you know, have a vision but people having to wait for years to actually um, have the vision materialized and have some tangible outcomes. So this year, you will see some tangible things coming to the marketplace. Uh, when it comes to batch payments, which is a payment uh, system supporting payrolls and bill payments, today it closes at uh, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's not very convenient for West uh, West Coast of this country. Um, in September, October timeframe, it will change. We will be introducing another exchange time at 9 p.m. Eastern time, which uh, which is a huge improvement. And also the batch payments, uh, you know, I talk that uh, people can take days um, to get their funds and reconcile them. We are actually in October putting stop to that because we will be demanding uh, the recipients of the payment instructions to make the funds available to the end user, to the payee, within two hours. So all these things together with some improvements to the safety and soundness uh, are happening this year. Next year, we will be bringing real-time payments, uh, which will support multiple use cases because it's our platform for innovation. Year after, uh, the vision is that we will have a new high-value settlement system because everything you know to be supported by, uh, by a safe and sound environment has to settle in a system we operate, uh, currently is the large value transfer system. It's going to be a new system called Links. So it's the year after. So every year you will see something happening. And based on the experience we have uh, with um, with the changes uh, which are going live this year, we are definitely past the tipping point. We have uh, we have raised the money. We have secured investments for the players who need to change their systems. And I see that uh, the activities are on its way. And uh, I I am very optimistic that people will start seeing a change on the market very quickly. So it's a sort of a build it and they will come idea. Uh, build it and they will come. We don't know who the they may be, but it will be very attractive for some of the new players who are currently, you know, not able to leverage the infrastructure we currently have. Just a reminder that you're listening to the PayPod from Payments Canada, available for download via iTunes and SoundCloud with archived episodes at payments.ca. While you're there, register for the upcoming Payments Canada Summit from May 9th to 11th at the Beanfield Centre in Toronto, Ontario, featuring the most complete global and domestic outlook in payments modernization, payments, paytech and fintech in Canada. Now back to the podcast. Welcome back to PayPod. I'm Justin Farabee, your guide, and joining me is Jan Pilbauer from Payments Canada. Folks, we've been exploring the re-engineering of Canada's payment infrastructure and how this will lead to friction-free payments for businesses and consumers. A critical part of the effort ahead is to help businesses and governments better grasp the powerful operational, 
customer service, and innovation benefits it will foster. Lauren Fleming from ENY just completed a study for Payments Canada on the implications of modernization on accounts and on treasury departments. According to the ENY study, a good portion of between three and six billion dollars annually, currently invested in reconciling account receivables and payables, could be eliminated. It will also trigger a new wave of service and product innovation among fintech and paytech companies. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you for having me. Look forward to talking about the report. Thank you for joining us. Jan, could you clarify the core motivation behind the research? Payments modernization will require a significant investment across the payments ecosystem. We wanted to understand and quantify a better some of the friction we currently have in the system to help building the business case. And ENY uh, did a great job going through and understanding where the pain points are and uh, how much it actually costs in this country to process payments. Lauren, you've cast a critical eye on this. You're independent. You've done a rigorous study. You've done the analysis. What have you found? Um, well, it was, it was quite interesting, I think, for, for ENY as we went through this survey. You know, we spoke to organizations from varying industry sectors. We spoke um, to organizations from various locations across Canada and as well as different organizational sizes. And it was quite fascinating how common the challenges that they were experiencing with regards to current payments processing were amongst uh, those organizations despite their inherent differences. Um, so specifically, the big challenges that um, that were identified to us were really around uh, the slow transfer speed of payments currently, uh, as well as particularly the lack of information that's currently traveling along with payments. So those two core uh, challenges really have manifested themselves in a number of um, business problems that these organizations are facing today. Um, and there's a couple of them that, that I'll highlight today that we uh, covered in our report. Um, but the primary one is really around the uh, manual effort required uh, on the organizations and the businesses' perspectives, uh, which really manifests itself in um, additional FTE. So individuals that are required to sit in uh, the accounting departments and actually spend uh, hours of their day reconciling invoices to specific payments due to the fact that the information that they need to do that activity or to automate it uh, simply isn't uh, possible today. Uh, so that was one of our, our kind of key, uh, I'd say, consistent findings across the organizations we spoke to. Uh, and then also with respect to challenges with cross-border payments was another kind of big, big key one that um, that we heard, particularly from the larger organizations that we spoke to that have operations across different uh, countries around the globe, really being able to transfer payments uh, efficiently through different systems uh, was a key challenge for them. Those are some some pretty big numbers. Do you think you were being conservative or optimistic in terms of the estimating those costs? Yeah, no, we we took the approach of being conservative. Um, so we really wanted to provide a realistic uh, number to uh, to the market to really understand what the real opportunity could be here in terms of realizing benefits with modernization. So it, it is a large number. It was you know kind of at times can be a bit of a shocking number when you say sort of three to six billion dollars, but um, but we think it's a pretty accurate and conservative estimate. And do you see the, the realizing the benefits being uh, expensive or reasonable or part of existing infrastructure or how hard is it to get at the, the inefficiencies? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to really depend on the organization. There's, you know, 
Again, differences in terms of complexity of organizations. Uh, the companies that we're within Canada are at varying starting points in terms of the infrastructures that they currently have in place to realize the benefits. So some organizations are going to have to make larger investments than others in order to, to fully uh, realize the benefits. But, um, but we think that there certainly is, is enough of an upside that it makes that, that investment uh, probably reasonable in terms of what the benefits could be in, from a modernized uh, infrastructure. And would that be true for small business and big business alike, or is it more biased one way or the next? Yeah, I think, um, I think that's a good question. Um, for smaller businesses, obviously, the investment decisions will be um, a bit more significant in terms of their um, size of their operations and the benefits they can likely realize for larger organizations um, that it might be a bit easier to justify the investment. Um, but that said, smaller organizations could be more nimble and able to more quickly uh, make changes and adapt to new technologies as opposed to some larger organizations, sort of the bigger corporates that um, have legacy technologies already very well embedded in legacy processes that um, making those changes would be more significant for them than it would be for the sort of small, medium enterprises. Earlier in our podcast, Jan was telling us about some of the innovations that could come for businesses in this case. What are some of the things you saw as potential innovations that could be realized for modernization, having been through all of this analysis? Yeah, I mean, I think the real benefit with modernization in terms of uh, facilitating innovation comes from the increase in collaboration. So, you know, creating a more flexible uh, environment or ecosystem where new players and new entrants are able to to enter into the market and provide organizations and consumers alike with um, with new solutions in order to help again remove some of the friction that um, that you were both speaking about earlier uh, will be a great opportunity for that. There'll be um, a lot more data available again that will be transferred along with payments. So there'll be an opportunity to you know apply some advanced analytics to that data and that should uncover you know I'm sure lots of opportunity for for future innovations that we're done even so it's not just the savings on the actual processing but you're generating a new insight or value in your decision making to uh, for other benefits to the business so it's not just in the in the actual processing no absolutely I think that will will certainly uncover um, some new solutions new ways to perhaps change business processes to make the uh, end user experience or the the customer experience at the end more um, seamless and then it will also pers- perhaps present even new business solutions um, that we haven't even thought about today for organizations so you talked a little bit about uh, the benefit of the back office, and that it could release benefits to customers. What would be an example of a big corporation that if they were to go with the modernized environment, make the investments, do all the changes, start getting the benefits in the back office of of straight-through processing, then what is the benefit to their customers? Or how does that cascade out of their back office and into their front office and out to their customers? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it would be interesting to, to draw the parallel to the conversation that yourself and Jan had earlier around who pays for the friction. So if, if organizations are able to eliminate some of these, you know, pretty uh, material costs within their current infrastructures, then then for one, cost savings could be passed down to, to customers at the end too in terms of um, not having to pay for that friction anymore. 
So, Lauren, you spend quite a bit of time with corporates now. How are they viewing it? We're insiders. We have lots of views. And after a while, we get immersed in it. As an outsider and talking to the market that uses this, how are they seeing this modernization effort? I think they're excited, to be totally honest. I think there's a lot of frustration right now with organizations that um, are experiencing this friction and they don't know what the answer is because they're unable to make the changes that they need to or implement solutions that they want to, given uh, the architecture of the infrastructure that's currently in place. Lauren, you spoke about corporates, large corporates, and the benefits that come to them and the innovation we're going to see there. And there's obviously greater financial resources to see those benefits. We've talked also about small business and what's in it for them through all of this. And small businesses vary. They vary from a small corner store up to small to medium-sized enterprise with hundreds of employees. The benefit will be different and the cost to them will be different. In many cases, the smaller ones can be left out. How will they make the investments or find the resources to try and save a little bit on payments? I think that's a great question. Uh, It is important to distinguish uh, the investments and benefits um, for large organizations as compared to the small, medium enterprises within within Canada, because the situation is going to be quite different for for those organizations. the, the level of investment or the investment uh, required for small, medium enterprises might seem like it would be unrealistic uh, for them. However, uh, the, the notion is that there will be other organizations and other uh, service providers that will enter the market and be able to create a solution on their behalf that they will be able to just sort of adopt into their own operations as opposed to having to necessarily uh, invest to create new infrastructures within their organization. That's interesting. So the innovation may not be in the small business, but in the small business service providers. Absolutely. Like Square, that they'll make simple solutions for them to take advantage of it without having to make big investments. Exactly. And it would be a simple real add-on to, to their existing operations. And do you have confidence that the market responds to those kinds of things, that there's enough dynamic in the market that those will emerge? That's right. And I think that the market is very receptive to that. Uh, We've seen other examples of of similar uh, solutions being targeted and designed for small business. And if we think of Quicken, for example, and being able to just sort of add on additional solutions that that organizations can um, can purchase alongside their existing infrastructure uh, in order to increase operational efficiencies uh, is another example of that. Thank you both. That's been uh, very, very interesting, very intense, and a lot going on here. As we kind of start to wrap things up, let's let's cast our, our eye to the, the large corporates in Canada, and then we'll talk about the small business. But what would be the message that you would have for them? What do they have to do? What do they have to think about or know now in March 2018 as modernization starts coming? Think about payments. And uh, I cannot emphasize this enough. Um, pay attention to your payments processing. Understand where the inefficiencies are and what can be improved. And learn. Learn about what we are bringing to the market. Talk to us. Um, talk to your bank. Talk to your vendors. Because we are keeping the ecosystem informed what the changes are. And uh, there is a great opportunity for you if you are a large corporate client. If you are a smaller business, don't worry about it too much. Because we are also stimulating stimulating the marketplace that uh, changes will come and you will be able to take advantage of it without necessarily doing too much right now. And I, and I would just add to that, that um, I think that businesses need to be aware of that this is big, it is complicated, um, but there are real dollars at stake here that could be saved uh, as we go through this modernization journey. Fantastic. Thank you very much. 
We will continue to conduct research like this uh, ENY report, as well as many others. We will go broader and look internationally at the use of um, a modern or the benefits of a modernized payment system and the use of data in payments and how it's been uh, they've been realized. We'll go deeper in Canada, depending and, and and cutting the data and looking at use cases by size of organization, by segment or sector they're in, manufacturing versus service versus retail, and how it might impact that. We'll get clearer business and use cases for how the modernization infrastructure will release opportunity in the in the ecosystem. And we will help our uh, corporate clients, small business, and uh, other sectors of our economy to be prepared and to be, to be able to benefit from the modernization. So as we proceed uh, on, on this journey together, we will continue to bring new insights that will help the ecosystem to get better. So I want to thank you, Jan, for your insight, your enthusiasm, and your comments. And thank you, Lauren, for your independent perspective, offering a closer look into the underlying operational costs of our current system and the business benefits under a newly engineered ecosystem. That's all the time we have for this episode, but join us next time on The PayPod when we delve into the world of payments modernization and small business. It will create a whole new world of powerful customer-focused improvements while creating equally compelling operational efficiencies. The show is available at payments.ca slash thepaypod and join the conversation online using hashtag thepaypod.